Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and this is my podcast, which is sort of mostly for parents of children who are being treated for cancer or leukemia. Uh, But it's for anyone else who's interested too. Anyway, today I'm doing my second episode on personalised medicine, personalised oncology. So you should listen to the first episode before you listen to this one. But in particular, I've got to say that I'm going to go into a bit more of the detail about how proteins and DNA work in this episode, just as a sort of basic science explanation of things, because you need to know some of this stuff if you're going to understand personalised oncology. So I wouldn't say this episode is for everyone. This is really for people who want to get their heads around all the nuts and bolts and details of personalised oncology and you might want to skip this episode if it doesn't sound very appealing to you and I'll understand completely and you won't hurt my feelings one bit. But what you would have heard from the first episode on personalised medicine or personalised oncology was it's really this system to analyse the tumour in enormous enormous detail down to the DNA and the proteins and the everything and try to find some sort of weakness in it that you can target with some clever new drug and hopefully kill the cancer. So that's what personalised medicine, I guess, is all about in a nutshell, this incredible level of analysing tumours. Now, to go into a bit more detail about all of this and the different ways to analyse DNA and so on, you really got to know a bit more stuff. So today I want to talk about proteins because when you understand proteins, then you can understand DNA, and when you understand DNA, then you can understand all the DNA testing that gets done on tumours. But you've got to understand what the proteins are doing, and then it'll all make sense. Trust me, it won't all make sense from this episode, but it'll be the start of making sense. So first off, just to tell you about proteins. Now, so proteins are chemicals in our cells and outside of our cells, and we have proteins all over the place. And they're big, huge molecules. You remember molecules from chemistry? So what's an example of a small molecule? Well, water, right? H2O, that's a nice small molecule. H2O, it's got three atoms all joined together to form H2O, which is water. Or carbon dioxide, you know, the one we keep hearing about for climate change and all that, that's CO2, a carbon and two oxygens attached to each other. Three atoms. Okay, they're small molecules. Well, proteins are huge molecules. Huge, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of times bigger than a CO2 or an H2O molecule. They're huge, great, long molecules of carbons mostly and a whole bunch of other chemicals all bound together into this huge, great thing called a protein. And proteins are really the sort of building blocks, factory machinery of cells. They're doing all sorts of things. So let me give you some examples. So collagen, for instance, right? You know, at the cosmetics counter, they try to sell you the cream that's got the collagen. And if you pay more, you get the European collagen, right? Well, collagen is a protein. And there's collagen in just about every tissue in your body almost. And collagen is... Uh, it's a protein, a chemical that the cells make. 
and then they sort of pump it out of their cells and it just sort of sits there in your skin and gives your skin some sort of firmness and strength to it so it's not just a sort of liquidy mush, right? That's what collagen does. What's another protein? Uh, Keratin, right? Keratin. So this time you're at the hairdresser and they're trying to sell you a product for your hair because they always want to sell you something every time you have a haircut unless you go to my $22 a haircut place where they don't try to sell you anything. Well, anyway, they're always trying to sell you something with keratin in it, right? Something to fix up the keratin in your hair. I have a feeling that some of these products don't actually do anything. But anyway, keratin is a protein. So your hair follicles pump out keratin protein and the keratin protein gets lined up somehow and all the proteins get stuck to each other somehow and you end up with a hair coming out of your head. What's another protein? All right, insulin. You've heard of insulin. You know, people with diabetes, they they don't make enough insulin or the insulin isn't working properly. Well, insulin is another protein. But instead of being a protein that forms the structure of your hair or your skin, Insulin is a protein that your pancreas pumps out into the bloodstream and then the insulin travels around your body and it gets to the right cells and it tells the cells to take up glucose from the bloodstream. So that's insulin. I think it was the first protein we ever really worked out properly, the sequence, the structure of. What's another protein? Amylase, okay? In your, in your saliva, when you start chewing food, there's this stuff called amylase. It's another protein, and its role is to start the digestion of food in your mouth just as you're chewing it up. Then your food goes into your stomach and your intestine, and then a whole bunch of other proteins are produced by the pancreas and the gallbladder and the everywhere, and these proteins all mix with the food, and those ones are called enzyme proteins. And the enzyme proteins, in this case, are there to chop up your food, to digest it properly. In your muscles, you have a bunch of special proteins. In particular, you have a protein called myosin and actin. And myosin and actin are the ones that sort of combine with each other. And when your nerve sends a message to the muscle to bend your arm, well, the myosin and the actin pull on each other in a special way. Your muscle shortens, and so your elbow bends. So your muscles have that set of proteins. So there's gazillions of different proteins out there all doing all sorts of different jobs. And because they're such huge, great molecules, that's how there can be such great variability. And so they can all have very specific jobs. Now, when we're talking about cancer, there's a particular bunch of proteins that you need to be thinking about. And they're the proteins that are involved in regulating cells so that they divide at the right rate. So we have a whole complicated system of proteins uh, that talk to each other and, you know, the message comes from outside the cell and then one protein tells the next protein what to do and that one tells the next one what to do and then they all go to the nucleus of the cell and tell the cell to divide. And obviously that's an important thing in cancer because cancer is often a case of cells just growing too fast, right, dividing too much and that's why you get cancer. So if the proteins that are responsible for cell division are messed up, you can get cells that are dividing too much. It might be a case that you've got a protein that normally tells cells, don't divide, just sit there and don't divide. And if that protein gets messed up because its DNA gets messed up, well, then you've lost the off switch. And so all the other proteins that are saying, divide, 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 well, they all get to 
get their way, and so the cell starts dividing. So it's very complicated. You can have a protein that's too active, or you can have a protein that's not active enough, and any of these things can mess up a cell's behaviour. So there's a whole lot of proteins out there, and they've all got very specific jobs to do. And some of them are critically important in the whole issue of whether cells should be dividing or not. And that's obviously very important to cancer. Then you have proteins that tell a cell just to stay in the right place. So, for instance, we have uh, proteins in our bone marrow cells, for instance. And some of the bone marrow cells have the right proteins that tell it to stick in the bone marrow and don't spread elsewhere in the body. And if you mess up those proteins, well, the bone marrow cells might leave the body and start dividing in the bloodstream. And that could be what leukemia is all about, right? Or if we have a fat cell, for instance, it's got particular proteins that tell the fat cell to stay where it's meant to be. And if a fat cell goes cancerous, sometimes the reason it can spread into the lungs or elsewhere might be because it hasn't got the sticky proteins anymore that tell it to stay in the right place. So proteins are critically important to how cancers start, why the cells divide, why the cells spread, why the cells invade tissues in an aggressive fashion. It's all vitally important. Okay, now I've got to come to the super geeky part uh, to explain about protein structure a bit because then it'll explain how DNA works. All right, so I said that proteins are super long, huge molecules, right? You know, thousands of times bigger than a water or a carbon dioxide molecule. Now, the next thing you need to know is that proteins are actually made up of molecules called amino acids. Amino acids. There's about 20 different amino acids that are mostly used in humans. And a number of them are ones that you have to eat. Your body can't make them. And they're called the essential amino acids. And then there's other amino acids that your body makes by converting one thing into another. Anyway, we end up with about 20 amino acids. And amino acids aren't the huge, great molecule that a protein is. But they're bigger than water and bigger than carbon dioxide. And some of them are alanine, glycine, leucine, phenylalanine, tryptophan. There's a whole bunch of them. When you're a medical student, you learn them all off by heart so that you can impress your tutors and so on. But about 20 of them. And when your body makes a protein, it just assembles one amino acid after another, stuck to another, stuck to another, stuck to another. And you have hundreds and thousands of these amino acids all attached to each other to create the finished protein. And the sequence of the amino acids determines what the protein will do. So it might be a protein that should go glycine, connected to alanine, connected to phenylalanine, connected to another glycine and another glycine, and then a homocysteine and then a phenylalanine, etc., etc. And it goes on for hundreds and hundreds of these amino acids, all connected in a big long line, and some of them will bend over on themselves and the protein will fold all over itself and, you know, halfway along there'll be a bit that sticks to the other bit at the other end and so on and so on. It's incredibly complicated and you have these people called protein chemists who understand it properly. But the main thing to know is that it's the amino acid sequence that determines what a protein will be like. So a collagen protein will have a certain sequence of amino acids all stuck to each other in a big long line and that makes collagen but keratin has a different one and insulin has a different one and the 
proteins that control cell division have another one, etc. So this amino acid sequence in the protein is critically important to what it's going to do. And so if you mess up the amino acid sequence, then you can have problems. For instance, if you have an amino acid that totally messes up the way a protein works, and then you're just missing that protein, well, that can cause a problem, right? So, you know, children that are born and they end up with muscular dystrophy, for instance, they have a problem with their dystrophin protein. And if your dystrophin protein isn't made properly, well, that's bad for your muscles and you end up with muscular dystrophy. Other children are born with a defect in one of the proteins in the liver, for instance, and so you can get a condition called phenylketonuria because you don't have the right protein to metabolize what you're eating and then you get that condition. So messing up with proteins can have major problems. Now in cancer, you're not born with these protein problems. We're talking about protein problems that develop after you're born, right? It's not in every cell in your body. It's only in the cancer cells. But I just gave those as examples. But again, to stress it one more time, it's the sequence of the amino acids, these 20 amino acids that are connected in the exact right sequence and putting them all together for hundreds of amino acids is the critical, important thing to making a protein and to what that protein will do and whether it will work properly. Now, a given cell will make hundreds of copies of the proteins that that cell is meant to make. Okay, so a pancreas cell doesn't just make one insulin. It puts out insulin molecules day in and day out. It's always making insulin, and then at the right time, it releases the insulin into the bloodstream. So hundreds of copies of each protein are being made, and the cells are constantly making proteins that control all sorts of things. So now we get to the key point. Why am I blathering on about all of this? when we're meant to be talking about DNA, well, it's because the sequence for the amino acids to be put together in the right order to make every protein, well, that sequence is determined by the DNA in the nucleus of the cell. So the cell has these strips of this other chemical called DNA, and the structure of the DNA is what determines the structure of the protein that the cell puts out. If you have an abnormality for the DNA for insulin in a cell, well, you'll just keep making defective copies of the insulin molecule, for instance. I don't know if that actually happens, but as an example. Or if you have an abnormality for the gene, the DNA for collagen in your cells, well, you'll make defective collagen. And so in my next episode, I'm going to explain how the DNA code produces the right proteins. And that's the critically important thing because that's where we're going to look for abnormalities in the DNA that are causing the cancer or that might provide a way to treat the cancer. Just as the protein has to have amino acids in the right sequence, the DNA has things called bases that are in the right sequence to code for the protein. So the DNA is the recipe that the cell uses to make the protein properly. And I'm going to talk about that in the next episode. But to sum up, there's gazillions of different types of protein in your body. There's ones that provide the strength in your bones and the 
suppleness in your skin. There's enzymes that digest your food. There's hormones that travel around the body. There's proteins in the cell that control whether it grows and divides or whether it stops. Proteins that control whether white blood cells become activated to fight infection or whether they just stay asleep. Gazillions of different proteins. And they are all coded for by the DNA, but I'm going to explain that bit in the next podcast. Anyway, I hope this makes sense. Let me know if it doesn't. Go to my Facebook page, Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff, and tell me if it makes sense or not. If it does make sense, let me know that. That will be good for my self-esteem. But if it doesn't make sense or I've totally confused the picture, let me know that as well. DNA in the next episode. But for now, that's it from me, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.